And then there were three. Welcome back to another episode in our Justification series on Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Pastor, you got to help me today. Oh, boy. Boy, I, this is the first time I've done a counseling session on a podcast. Go. You got to help me. I'm all right. I'm feeling condemned today. Really? Yeah, I'm feeling down. Is it legit? Well, I don't know. I'm is just... it conviction or condemnation? <laughs> Let's start with that. <laughs> I shot a man just to watch him die. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Now I don't know what to do. <laughs> That's a little, uh, a little strong. Um, yeah. All right. Let's uh, second take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surely we can't put this out there. <laughs> hey, we have people who listen to the podcast. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. I got this note on our YouTube channel from a man named Darren Spell. Hmm. All the uh, way from Crawfishville, Louisiana. <laughs> he says, "Guys, this is awesome. Your episode helped me about helps." Thanks so much. So that was on our Forgotten Ministry episode. Hey, your comment helps too. We just want to be a help. Yeah. Yeah. Help him, Lord. <laughs> help is on the way, Brother Spell. <laughs> Thank you for your feedback, comments. It's not feedbacks. Like okay. okay, well, do you want to start the show out? Yep. You really want to start? All right. Okay. We'll just help, restart help a, then. Yeah, help a brother out. <laughs> We hope everyone's doing good. Yes. We are into our marathon of justification and sanctification. Hey, man, it's been a week. I didn't say that. I was just going. <laughs> Get me off the hook here. <laughs> you know, if you haven't listened, we've said this last episode as well, if you haven't started at the top in this series, it's probably important that you go back, right? Yes. And listen. Yes. Context, context, context. This is like Lego that just, you know, those bricks that go on top of each other. And if you don't start at the top, well, maybe some of you people who are super. Well, it, it's kind of kind of like uh, we were interacting with someone on social media. At best, a quick cut can be dangerous <laughs> over a single episode. Mm-hmm. Now, these episodes are quick cuts. <laughs> Amen. On a, on a great topic. <laughs> Can I get an amen? You're not supposed to you're not supposed to comment on the quick cuts. Yeah. It's just to let you know what's on the way. Yeah. Right? That's, um, so it's kind of like trying to give a book review because you read a line in the book. <laughs> so Oh man. Yeah. This is gonna be good today. Yes. This is gonna, you know, hearing the show prep. This is going to kind of put it right where the rubber meets the road. And the application principles of understanding what justification and sanctification mean for a Christian yeah, are really important. Yeah, You know, when you started this series in church, uh, I think you did this maybe in one of, the, one of the classes where you said, you know, if I just said, okay, define it. Can you define the two of them and what are the differences? Right. I was one of those guys that was like, uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. what it's not because you read the 
definitions biblically. And then you're like, okay, well, that's fine. It's kind of a big principle out there. And then when you start breaking it down, it really does change day to day your Christian life. It does. You know, if you can't adequately define something, it is hard to argue it, mm-hmm. debate it, have an understanding mm-hmm. uh, of it. So, yeah, you're right. So justification as a recap is is something that as you begin studying it, going back to the first episode, it's all God. It's, it's a monergistic thing. Mm-hmm. It is impossible for a man to justify himself. Mm-hmm. Um. If you've ever been around self-righteous, self-justified people, you'll understand even more so mm-hmm. that uh, we need to be grateful that justification is God's business. Mm-hmm. And don't fall into the trap of trying to justify yourself. Right. Because what we're going to talk about today is kind of the stepchild of that, mm-hmm. is that you have you have two groups. You either have the self-righteous mm-hmm. or you have the condemned. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And it's easy to just, you know. Totally. I'm feeling bad today, and I don't even know why. Right. And that is the devil's playground. Did you have something to say? Nope. Okay. Um, Just not even an amen? I know why I'm feeling bad today, but... I don't feel bad. Besides the point. I don't feel bad. I've got it all under control. (laughs) So the acid... Okay, well then we know what you're doing. Okay. You're justifying so yourself. So he's self-justified and you're condemned. Oh man! So here my audience is 50-50. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you're praying out in the marketplace, what are you doing? Beating your chest? Yes. Oh Lord. Thank God I'm not like co-host Derek. Mm-hmm. Help him, Lord. Mm-hmm. And your prayer is? I just wish I could be good enough to be a yeah, producer on a podcast. Beating my chest. <laughs> Justification is the act often of a moment. Um, and it is, you know, the aspects of salvation are immediate. Today mm-hmm. is the day of salvation. One of the greatest. But that's confrontational to mindsets. Sure. You know? Sure. And I'm trying to identify this as I go. And I'll probably say that a lot today where I, I'm going to identify those confrontations. Like it's like, but yeah, don't I have to do a whole bunch of stuff to get saved? Isn't it like an obstacle course, you know? Right. So I'm not saved yet. Right. You know? Okay. So let, let's, <laughs> let's, let's use this as an example. We know that you have to repent of your sins, mm-hmm. yep. be baptized in the name of Jesus, receive the gift of the Holy ghost to be born again. Mm-hmm. Okay. That all can happen in a single setting. Mm-hmm. How many? How many have witnessed that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. In a single setting, for sure. fill the tank up. <laughs> it's it's a powerful <laughs> yeah. moment, right? Yeah, it's a powerful moment. So you're born again. Mm-hmm. So there there would be nobody uh, amongst the ranks of apostolics that would have a problem believing that the that a serial killer. We're just trying because nobody kills anybody. That's that seems to be the benchmark for whether or not you need to be saved. <laughs> I didn't, no, kill, I didn't kill anybody. So a serial killer can come through the door, make his way to the altar, go through the steps of what it 
takes to be born again, yep. death, burial, resurrection. He comes out of the tank, gets up away from the altar, saved, walks out, mm-hmm. is struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. Nobody would doubt that he went to heaven. Right, for sure. Yep, they'd say all the nice things yep. at the funeral. He's ready to go. Yep. He got it right. Yep. yep. Thank God he got it right. Yep. He was justified with God. Yep. Okay? If the same guy walks out the door and doesn't get struck by lightning, just gets wet with the rain on the way to the car, mm-hmm. he's going to be expected to come back to the house of God next Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, and God's going to begin working on that man's vessel. And he has now got a life ahead of him of becoming a sanctified individual. Right. Mm-hmm. He is justified, yes. but he's sanctified. The process of sanctification where now he begins collaborating with God. Mm-hmm. Right? He's got to stop doing certain things. He's got to start doing certain things. He's got to stop going to certain places and start going to certain places. Mm-hmm. So justification is the act of a moment. Sanctification is the journey of a lifetime. Justification is instantaneous, and it's all God. That's right. A man can't justify himself. Sanctification is when that man begins collaborating with God Mm -hmm. to become that sanctified individual that he's intended to be. And that's all relationship. So performance, it's in this process without a proper understanding of justification and sanctification that, that, that Satan or even yourself, my heart condemns me. Exactly. But God is greater than my heart. Yeah. Okay? That, that space between justification and sanctification without a proper understanding is the devil's playground man that is quite a roller coaster if you get on it oh <laughs> and, and i think anybody that's that's really honest with themselves has been on it oh yeah, oh, yeah. and you'll oh, probably yeah. be back on it yeah, yeah. lost yeah. saved lost saved lost saved lost saved okay yeah <laughs> when you're saved it's instantaneous you got to go back to previous episodes where we were talking about eternal security once saved always saved absolutely not Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Eternally secure? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. As yeah. long as I don't quit. Right. That's right. As long as I don't quit. Okay? So. That also is a confrontational oh, mindset. Yes. Because we're so afraid of the taboo doctrine of eternal security where, you know, it's just like you flip the switch and don't change anything of what you do, right? Right. But yet. As you have so adequately said, you go so far the other way that you're eternally insecure. <laughs> Let, let's let's chime in here with First John chapter three. All right, let's go in the KJV. Yes, First John three one. Here we go. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, okay, okay, okay. Boy, he's in a hurry, isn't he? Well, I got. Behold, what? (laughs) I'm going to condemn that boy. (laughs) Behold, what manner? Here we are again with definitions. The writer here is even struggling 
to define the length, breadth, depth, awe, wonder of the love of God that would be bestowed upon humanity. Mm-hmm. We are worms. Mm-hmm. But he bestowed such a dimension of love upon us that we should, should futuristically, should be called the sons of God. Mm-hmm. Okay? Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Yeah. yeah. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. All right, we need some crowd participation, as Bishop Odom says, if I was before a live audience right now. <laughs> <laughs> How many think we should have Bishop Odom back oh, again? Yes. Oh, man. Oh, yes. Poor okay. Man. So work with us. Honk your horn and shout now, beloved. Now. That, that would be for you. You got a mic. Do I honk my horn? Well, just do the now. <laughs> yeah. Behold, now, now are now. we the sons of God. Yep. Not will be the sons of God. Now. Now. Right now. The redemptive work pulls it from should be called to now I am. Right now. It is not a futuristic label. It is something that I am. That is why just a few moments ago we 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 start setting this started setting this up with the immediacy of salvation. It is a now. Today is the day of salvation. Mm-hmm. Now are we called the sons of God. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. So what we are going to be. This process is not to become a son of God because we're that now. It's already done. That's justification. Yeah. That's now. But there's a process of becoming something that we don't even know what that is yet. Hmm. And so as we see him, we shall become like him. Go. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Right. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. The question that has to be answered with this is, if the man's pure, what does he have to purify himself from? (laughs) A man that is pure purifieth himself. Okay, here's John trying to deal with the justification-sanctification journey. You purify yourself Even as you are pure, that is status versus condition. When I am justified, I am pure. I am a son, but I am not perfect. Thank God that being born again does not mean that I have to be perfect. Yes. I'm going to say that. Can I get a amen? Can I get a hallelujah? Yes. So being saved and being perfect are two different things. Right. <laughs> right. Thank God. So it's a process. I am a son of God now. Right now. The fruit of being born again is not perfection. It is process. <laughs> That's a condemnation yeah, killer. That is. The fruit is process, not perfection. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is why we can read stuff like, oh, God, 
There is therefore now. Now no condemnation. Now no condemnation. Now. All right? <laughs> I don't care what your performance has been as long as you don't abort the process and you keep you keep Okay, you don't move out of the house. You don't pull the prodigal son. Okay? You are a son of God. And if if, if we carry this to its unintended end, mm-hmm. then based on my, my performance, I feel like I'm a son, and then I feel like I'm not. I try son, to be a servant, right? Not. Yeah. There is no way that any father or mother, any any parent right now, that based on the child's performance would go, I don't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. They may discipline you, mm-hmm. chastise you. Mm-hmm. But even the prodigal father, which is really what that story is about, it's not about the prodigal son. Yeah. It's about the prodigal father. Even he... He didn't go to the pig pen. He didn't send gift packages to the pig pen. Mm-hmm. He stayed home. He fed the fatted calf, made sure the farm didn't degenerate mm-hmm. into disarray, made sure there was something for the son to come back to. Well, you almost have the other example. But he, he refused to let him come back as a servant. Absolutely. You fire, keep, keep that thought, yep. but you fire servants who don't perform. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's right. But you don't excommunicate or deny familial status to right. a son who doesn't perform. Very true. Very true. That doesn't mean you put your approval on everything that he's doing. Go ahead. So you have, I think in this story, a great example of the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So the, the one son is saying, oh, man, just let me be a servant. I just want to be here. You know, yep. so that's yep. the guy who struggles with condemnation. Yep. The self-justified guy is the guy who says, you're going to let that loser back on this farm. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Because the other guy who is still working in the barn, if he was, is, I have a feeling he's probably just bossing around all the servants and being a loser, but mm-hmm. he's saying, I've earned it. I stayed here. Right. He wasted it. He's right. gone. Right. Right. So you got to have. And that's I, where the element of if, if condemnation becomes the rule of the day and we allow performance mentality to get a hold of us yep. within the church, we'll have a problem if backsliders come back. Yep. Both sons had an improper view. Absolutely. The church needs to be the most welcoming place for a wandering son to return. Right. We don't need to be uh, condescending brethren on the back porch while the party's going on in the house. No. And it's kind of weird that the father would look at that son and say, man, you could have had this anytime you wanted. Yeah. So that tells me he wasn't really even enjoying the benefits because those people don't enjoy the benefits either. Right. Because they're so driven by their performance that they just... So what we've got to understand is that, beloved, what, what, what manner of love that he would bestow upon you that you become a servant of God. No, 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 not even, not even friends, Mm-mm. son, 
You have been adopted into this family, and now you are a son of God. Now. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him. Notice notice the, the tenses here. He hath blessed us, not will. Right. Hath. He hath yep. with all spiritual blessings, where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When you're born again, mm-hmm. something significant happens in a heavenly realm. Yep. You become a son of God. Okay? Mm-hmm. You hath, he hath chosen us in him before from the before the foundation of the world. Right. That we... Should be. Oh, (laughs) that we should be. Holy and without blame before him in love. Right. He chose you when you weren't holy. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's God working with you. Yeah. That is, that's all justification. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Thank God. That's it. He chose me when I was in my own vomit, when I was in my own filth and rags. You saw me and you picked me out of that mess. Mm Mm-hmm. And you adopted me, and you made me a son. Not that I could continue to return like a dog to its vomit, but that I would become holy, mm-hmm. that we should be. So I am son now, mm-hmm. that I should be holy. It doth not appear what we shall be. This is not just a prophetic inference to the return of Christ. No, but he, 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 he shall appear to them that love his appearing. Every time I come to the house of God, every time the word of God goes forward, he appears to me and I am challenged by the word of God. When I look at it as a son of God and I go, man, I've got to change that about me. That's right. I want to become holy. It's an ongoing thing, right? It is. Ephesians chapter two. 2.1 says, and you hath he quickened. Hath. Who were dead in trespasses and sin. Yes. Wherein, in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, mm. fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened uh, us together. Even when we were dead in sins, yep. he quickened us together. With Christ. With Christ. Mm. By grace are you saved. Thank God for grace. Yes. And hath raised us. Hath. Hath raised us. Up together. Yes. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I know I know we're kind of beating a drum on this, but this is not if if this was just prophetic, it would be profound. Mm-hmm. If this was something that was promised to us in our future. It should be enough to keep us motivated. But that is not what it is. This is a now statement. Hath raised us up together to sit together with him in heavenly places. We have access 
And we need a revelation of who we are. When we were justified, yeah. even though you still fail, even though you still fall, you are a son of God. Mm-hmm. He does not kick you out of the family. And as long as you continue to persevere, you need a revelation of where you yeah. are. You're sitting with him in his throne, in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus now. Right. Now. I Keep wanna, persevering in spite man, of your performance. That's so awesome. I want to tell you a little story that I think will line up with this, and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. But uh, I used to work at a music store, yeah, and I would witness this. And if you're a musician, you know you know what I'm about to say. But musicians love to buy the best gear possible. Sure they do. Right. Sure so they do. I would see people come in. And the owner was very generous, uh, and he did a lot of private financing just because he loved to see people have the best gear. Mm-hmm. So you'd have a guy come in driving a $2,000 car, and he'd finance a $5,000 guitar. <laughs> Not the best life choices. Yeah, yeah, might even sell the spare tire to <laughs> help with the down payment. <laughs> so I've seen this repeated a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy comes in and buys an $8,000 drum kit. And you know he doesn't have eight grand to pay for the drum kit. Mm. Look, you know, we're going to finance it, pay the down payment. So the end of the month rolls around, and it's time to pay your bills. Yeah. So the owner begins to call all of these musicians. (laughs) And I would hear this a lot. Well, money's tight. You know, I don't have, you know. And this is what the owner would say. Well, what are you able to pay? Huh. I'm going to work with you. Yes. You know? Yes. Do you have $100? Yes. Do you have $150? Because you got to work. I got a gig Friday night. Oh, and, man. It's half Okay, so come, come in Saturday morning. <laughs> over yeah. and over. Because you've been given something that's so much more valuable than you can afford. Yes. Right? Absolutely. So does that analogy kind of, you know, so we're given this salvation. That's the $5,000 guitar. Yeah. You can use it. You can enjoy the benefits of it. You can play it every day. Yeah. But the moment you stop trying to work at, you know, you're never going to earn it, but Mm -hmm. the moment you stop trying to chip in Mm -hmm. and do your part, Mm -hmm. it's probably the moment you're going to lose it. Okay. That ties in with what we touched on in episode two, which Mm -hmm. is, do I work for my salvation? Right. Or do I work at my salvation? Yeah. Acts 2.38 yep. is justification. But 2.39 to 2.41, 2.42 is you. And with many other words, did he, testify? did he testify and exhort them saying, save yourself. Save yourself. You can't save yourself. With There, there is no save yourself if there's no Acts 2.38. So... Do I work for it or hmm. do I work at it? Hmm. And so I, I, I'm, I'm the guy with the rust bucket mm-hmm. of a vehicle coming in oh, weekend man. after weekend, mm. man, putting down payments on my eternal man. security. Yeah. Say, boy, this, this is real. This is a, this is a great salvation. And yes. I'm just going to do my part to, yes. to keep it. Okay, so so th- this kind of segues into a very good part of the rest of what 
what John is writing mm-hmm. when he, and, and this is going to be in the Amplified, okay? Okay. But this is a passage that can condemn a lot of people. Yes, sir. First, so we're going to go to 1 John 3, 6, and we're going in the Amplified, if you're following along. Right, because you, you, you're born again now, so you're supposed to do better. And you are, by the way, supposed to do better. Yep. But, but now I'm born again. I don't, I don't know if, if the devil's ever talked this way to anybody, but you, you should be over this by now. <laughs> why, why, why are you still struggling with this? I, how about this one? Uh, I thought you had the Holy Ghost. You know, I've never heard that. <laughs> you haven't. <laughs> well, I hate to put that bug in your ear. <laughs> we just changed the roles, producer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. Okay. So you can read stuff that, that especially what we're going to be reading um, here in just a moment, that will condemn you. You can find... Mm-hmm. Listen, the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. You can find enough Bible to kill whatever bit of faith you've got that you can make oh. it. Oh, <laughs> you yes. sure can. You can. Oh, yes. Yep. Wherever can. you think that bar is, there can be a um, space opened above it that you can go yep. higher. Yep. Right? All right, we're going to read? We're going to read, but I'm just, can we read it in the King James first? Sure. Just just so that we can get a good comparison and contrast. Okay, so we're starting at six? Uh yeah. Okay. So verse six is Well, no, let, let's just let's give the cliffhanger. Verse eight, because okay. then we're gonna go and read the Amplified and break it down. First John three three verse eight in the KJV says, Yeah, he that committeth sin is of the devil. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeehaw. So I got one question to ask Woo. you. <laughs> Has anybody sinned since they were born again? Uh nope. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Brother Randy's going to lose the two fans that he has. Yeah. Oh, Lord, hey, I'm just praying for him. I'm just playing the part here. Okay? You're just playing the part. I'm okay. the part. Oh, okay. it's not actually you, is what no, you said. No, I should say this. <laughs> he that committeth sin is of the devil. I don't care what interpretation you're reading, that grabs you by the spiritual throat. That hits pretty hard. Ah, okay. For the devil sinned from the beginning. Yep. Verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Okay. Oh, that hits hard to Okay. okay. <laughs> Why are we reading these verses? Yeah. Cut. Yeah. Oh, man. I thought you were born again. I thought you was a son of God. Mm-hmm. Do you see where condemnation... Yeah, yeah. ...without proper understanding begins to wiggle its way in here. Okay, now I want us to read it in the Amplified Translation. No one, verse 6, who abides in him, who lives and remains in communion with and in obedience to him, deliberately knowing and habitually commits or practices sin. Oh, I want you to notice how many times as we're reading through this, the word practice comes into this. Mm -hmm. Continue on. No one who habitually sins has either seen or known him. You're not going to be a, a habitual sinner mm-hmm. if you've seen or known Jesus Christ. Right. Recognized, perceived, or understood him, or has had an experiential acquaintance with him. Oh, that, that's just kingdom speak for relationship. Hmm. If you've ever had a relationship with Jesus Christ, 
you can't be a practicing sinner. Practice, okay? Verse 7. Boys or lads, <laughs> for the Irish people out there, let no one deceive and lead you astray. Mm. He who practices righteousness. Oh, so I can practice something else. Who is upright, yep. conforming to the divine will and purpose, thought, and action, yep. living a consistently conscientious life, is righteous, even as he is righteous. Wow. But he is practicing hmm. a conscientious life. He is righteous. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Now listen, you don't practice at something that you have mastered. That's Once right. it's mastered, that's right. right. You've got it. You're done. But just by practicing righteousness, you are righteous. Okay? So as long as you're willing to practice, you're getting the idea. Verse 8. But he who commits sin, who practices evil doing, yes, is of the devil. Yes. Takes his character from the evil one. Yes. For the devil has sinned, violated the divine law from the beginning. The reason the Son of God was made manifest and visible was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil. Has done. Yes. No one, verse 9, begotten of God, deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. There he is at it again. No one born of God. Okay, the King James says no one born of God sins. Yes, it's a little are, different. Are, are you noticing the difference <laughs> yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. No, no one who is born again deliberately sins, knowingly and habitually practices sin. For God's nature abides in him. Yes. His principle of life, the divine sperm remains permanently within him and he cannot practice sinning because he is born begotten of God. Ah. By this, it is made clear who take their nature from God and are his children. Now, I, I don't know if this is helping anybody else, but all of a sudden the light comes on in a dark tunnel. Sure. Yeah, you get a little hope. Yeah, absolutely. Because every one of us have been there where we're like, man, I just wish I could be baptized again. Mm -hmm. I wish I could have that born again, fresh, pure, clean Everything right between me and God. By this it is made clear. Right. Who take their nature from God and are his children and who take their nature from the devil and are his children. No one who does not practice righteousness, who does not conform to God's will and purpose, thought and action is of God. Neither is anyone who does not love his brother, his fellow believer in Christ. What you practice says a lot about who you are. Just let that settle for a second. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've used this analogy before, but I can remember as a kid, and th this is where we're, we're, we're segueing into what my role in the process of sanctification. Okay. Mm -hmm. Justification is all God. Sanctification is me and God working together. I, I um, can remember as a kid, we had a pool, I don't know, like an 18-foot round above-ground pool. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I can remember having friends over, 
It wasn't you guys because you were too young. That's right. But um, <laughs> I was going to say just because you weren't my friends. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you brought it out of me. Yeah. You brought it out. I remember them coming over and we would get going around the perimeter mm-hmm. of the pool. And, you know, the water's waist deep, chest chest deep. And it, it's a lot of it's a lot of force to push that water to get a current going. It's a lot of effort to get it started. But slowly, as as eight or ten of us continued to go around the perimeter of the pool yeah. and put the sweat equity into that process, then there was a moment when it began to it, it began to switch. It wasn't so much me pushing it as it began to, the current began to pull me. Mm -hmm. This happened to me numerous times when we would get going and the current would get going fast enough until all of a sudden you'd you'd have quite a, you'd have quite a, 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 a current there that would propel you. If at that moment you slipped and you you stumbled, mm. then you know what? You could pick up your feet. And sink right to the bottom. No. <laughs> when you would pick up your feet, yeah. the current would keep you going until you could get your footing again. This is where my lifestyle begins to contribute to the security of my eternal destination. Right. Mm-hmm. Lifestyle matters. Right. It does matter. So... If I slipped at the beginning, it was a deal where I would go under because the resistance against this new lifestyle that I was trying to establish, this new direction, that would, that, that resistance, if I stumbled at that moment would be, would be almost catastrophic. So you keep making, you keep practicing something and the forward motion begins to preserve you when you slip up. Hmm. You cannot habitually practice sin. So using that analogy, I'm I'm striving towards the mark. Mm -hmm. I'm pressing towards the mark. In my pressing, in my practicing, if I stumble, if I fall, I get back up again. And every morning that I've prayed, every service that I've shouted, every time that I've repented, every time that I've studied the Word of God, it keeps me through the moments when I'm slipping up. The important thing is you keep working at it. And I keep working at it. You know, we could do an entire episode here about lifestyle. Yes. Well, that's going to work its way in to some of the future. Right. But, you know, they say, um, I think in the book, The Power of Habit, they say an average, the numbers are anywhere from three weeks to a year, but they say the average person takes about 66 days to form a habit. Very good. So if you're trying to establish, you know, attending church, for example, and you attend twice, three times a week, even right. that alone is going to take a long... You're going to have to just work at it. Right. And in those six months of starting out, you're not going to feel like going to church. 
Right. It's not going to be normal. Absolutely. But you're going to have to just work at it. And it's important that you don't stop. And this, this, this is where, for all of those that have been holding their breath for the last two weeks, wondering if we, <laughs> if we thought that you had to do anything. Yes, you do. I, that's right. Yes, you do. Listen to the next three episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somewhere you got to start working with God. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so for those that make the entire scope of your walk with God about God's work, then they are the ones that need to listen to the next few few weeks. But they, they are the ones that never truly attain sanctification. Hmm. And that ultimately just jeopardizes your justification. Okay? You gotta work with God. You, you gotta you gotta come to the table. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, We're saved by grace. Through faith. Through faith. Not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's a gift. Okay, we talked about that in the last episode. Not of works. Yep. Lest any man should boast. Yes. For we are his workmanship created in Christ but, Jesus. But notice this. Okay. Not of works, lest you boast. But we are his workmanship. Mm-hmm. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Unto, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Why did he justify you? Mm-hmm. Unto good works. Why did he give you that gift? Mm-hmm. So that you would be someone who exhibited good works. Man, it's such a tightrope. Yes. Not of works lest you should boast. Yes. But yet your purpose is to do good works. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You got to thread that needle. You do. While the sewing machine is running, <laughs> brother. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Okay, now, Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. Not by works, oh man, of righteousness, which we have done, (laughs) but according to his mercy he saved us. Oh, thank God. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Yes. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they are which, that they, they which have believed in God, yes. might be careful to maintain good works. You know, you can't talk about this too much. You need to affirm it constantly hmm. that what you do matters. But it's all built on the platform of what he's done. We cannot approach yeah. this from Acts 2.42 back to Acts 2.37.38. Right. And command that everyone begins speaking in tongues. Right. Because of all the things that we just said. Exactly <laughs> right. Right. I've been working on separating myself from this generation, so now I'm qualified to get the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Nobody does that, do they? Uh, that's a backwards approach. Look in the mirror, boy, oh boy. That's a backwards approach. We have got to be careful to maintain good works. Hmm. Okay? We've got to be... There, there's, there's, there's another account in Scripture where he said, you've got to be zealous. Mm-hmm about good works. Apostolics are not extreme. 
when we say what you do matters, how you dress matters, how you live matters. Okay? And I, I think that the perfect exemplification of this can be seen in the conclusion that Paul brings to the table when contrasted with what James brought to the table. Right. God's work, my action. And when the two begin to synchronize, we begin to see the full beauty and scope of the atonement process becoming a reality. So what does what does Paul conclude in his letter to Rome to the Romans? Okay, let's go to Romans 3:19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, yes, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Yes. Want to drop down to uh, 23? Right. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness mm-hmm. for the remission of sins that are past, mm-hmm. through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, <clears throat> that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Yes. Where is boasting then? There's the boasting. <laughs> okay, there's that boasting thing. Yep. It's not of works, works lest any man should boast. Mm-hmm. Where okay. is boasting then? It is excluded. Huh. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Yes. Therefore, we conclude. The conclusion is that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. That is the conclusion that Paul brings to the table, is that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Wow. But we got to read James, and there has to be a synchronization. The Mm -hmm. justification of a man Mm -hmm. is God, Mm -hmm. not the law. Okay. So let's jump to James 2.18. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So Paul is saying a man is justified by faith. Right. Right. Okay. Not so much with James. Yeah. <laughs> thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man... That faith without works is dead. Mm. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? Abraham is a man of faith. You do know that. He's known as the father of the faith. faith. That's right. Okay. But that's not what justified him. Mm. That's what James is saying. Right. He's justified by works. Right. So we move on. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? Yes. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Uh. You see then how that by works Uh. man is justified, Uh. and not by faith only. Now listen, this (sighs) is where... 
this is where the non-denominational charismatic approach goes gleefully skipping down the road thinking, ah, it's all God. I don't have to do anything because Paul concludes in Romans chapter 3 that, that a man is not justified by the deeds of the law, but he's justified by faith. And they think that there is a uh, conflict between Brother Paul and Brother James. Yeah. There is not a conflict. James fulfills what Paul is writing about in Romans chapter 3. When he says that this, this is not just a nuanceical difference, mm -hmm. we conclude in verse 28 of Romans 3 that a man is justified by faith without works. No, that's not what he said. No. That's not what he said. He said a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Right. right. Paul is speaking to the old covenant yep. that the Jews were still, they were still trapped in the details of that old law. He was not saying, the law he's referring to here is not the one that says you shouldn't murder people. You mm -hmm. shouldn't take the name of the Lord in vain. Mm -hmm. He's talking about how the pre Calvary approach to atonement That's was right. carried out. That's right. The Old Testament tabernacle approach. You are justified by faith without the deeds of that law. That system could not bring about justification. Right. Couldn't do it. That was performance-based, and that was on the man. And they tried hard. Oh, they tried hard. <laughs> But we got a better sacrifice. Yeah. And when you got That's a better amazing. sacrifice, it's not so much about my performance as it is the performance of my sacrifice. Oh. Mm -hmm. James is not conflicting with Paul because James says, basically his conclusion is, a man is justified not by faith only. Show me your faith by your works. Mm -hmm. By your works. Not by the deeds of the law, but by your works. So does it, you know what that means? As, as clear and concise as this born-again message is, repent. Mm -hmm. It requires that you do something. Right. Repent. The definition is changing direction. Right. That's an action. There's right. action. Yeah, exactly. Baptized in Jesus' name. Guess what? That's an action. Yep. You can tell when somebody is. Yep. You can tell when it's happening. Yep. And you can tell when they've been. It's an action. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. All of these are provable, mm -hmm. evidenced with speaking in other tongues. Okay? But it is his work and your response to his work. Mm -hmm. And when they synchronize together, it, it culminates in that glorious new birth experience. And he gives that example of Abraham it's perfect. Oh. Picture perfect. Oh. Abraham, offer now thine only son, Isaac. Go to yonder mountain. You will know where it is, and you'll see it, and it will click with you. Abraham gets to the bottom of the mountain. Somewhere Abraham had a grasp on the power of the resurrection, mm -hmm. which is an interesting discussion because evidently he had felt the resurrection in his own dead body with the fact that at 100 years old, his body was quickened again 
and he was able to give life to an Isaac. Right. He had experienced the resurrection. He leaves the servants at the bottom of the hill, says, we're going to yonder mountain to worship, and I and the lad will return. Wow. He still had to climb the mountain. He still had to build the altar. He still had to bring the wood. There's a lot of works there. Oh, oh there's a lot of works there. A lot of walking. It wasn't just faith. Not faith only. It was a lot of works. <laughs> but what we don't see from Abraham's perspective is the work that God is, is, I don't even know if this is the right way to say this, but is rotting mm-hmm. the work that he has wrought. We have provision climbing up the other side of the mountain. And when God and man both do their part, we have a supernatural intersect that takes place at the top of the mountain. Man and God synchronizing together. And we don't have to offer Isaac. And it is, but notice how he said this. Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Mm-hmm. Why? He was called the friend of God. Okay, when he offered mm-hmm. Isaac what he had. upon the altar, mm-hmm. he didn't offer Isaac on the altar. He put him on the altar. Mm-hmm. But there was a propitiation that was waiting for him. There was a substitution waiting for him because it's ultimately God's work. Well, like he counts it for righteousness. So he, he counts counted. it. Right. As if it was already done. He counted the feeble efforts of Abraham. Exactly. <laughs> as righteousness. He goes on to give another example of Rahab and the scarlet cord. Mm-hmm. But there's nobody here believes that that scarlet cord saved her. We understand that it did because of obedience. Right. But she didn't go, hey, I'm going to start sectioning up this scarlet cord. It has magical powers. And if you've got a problem in your life, just take a piece of this scarlet cord, lay it on the feverish brow. Something's going to, nah. Sell it on eBay. Nah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was God's work and man's action together that wrought the completion of that atoning process. Of that atoning work. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's him saying, look, man, just pay what you can. Just keep coming back. Exactly. <laughs> and so this leads us into future episodes where we're going to begin breaking down man's role mm-hmm. in what God has started. Mm-hmm. Man's role in what God has started. When you do your part, God makes up the difference. But it is impossible for you to justify yourself. Do you know what happens when a man tries to justify himself? If Abraham would have tried to justify himself, he'd have killed Isaac. Yes. You're right. He wouldn't have. He'd have never stopped. He'd have followed through with the sword and plunged it into his son with the redemptive sacrifice over his shoulder, caught in a thicket. You can't justify yourself. And when you try to justify yourself, you jeopardize future generations. Mm-hmm. But when we make this about God justifying us, he preserves our future. Our eternal destiny 
is secure in the fact that God justifies us. Even when we're worthless, even when we're not worth saving, he saved us. And that makes me want to work for him. That makes me want to live right, be right, dress right, act right, do it. It, 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 it changes the entire scope of my role in the process of being sanctified. Thank God for his justification.